Hey there, Jets fans. Welcome to another episode of the official Jets podcast powered by Amazon Web Services. Dan Grassa alongside Greg Buttle. We are the pre and post game voices on 98.7 ESPN Radio and the Jets Radio Network. Each and every Jets contest. And Greg, this is nice that we get to reconnect and do something like this. Shoot, we haven't been together since that last game against the Buffalo Bills. How have you been, my friend? All I can tell you is, doesn't it, it, it needs a pandemic for you and I to get together and talk for more than five minutes. It, it took something like that, exactly. But if there was one glimmer of positive to come out of this pandemic, as you said, it's that you and I are together again and we'll have some fun. But on a serious note, you know, you bring up everything we're going through right now in the country, in the world, and you want to give a shout out, or at least we should give a shout out to the people on the front line, the doctors, the nurses, the healthcare workers. They've been the true heroes during this entire thing. And look, we're in a very difficult spot right now as a planet, as a society. But if not for them, it will be even that much more difficult. So they certainly deserve a big, big tip of the cap. Well, I sure do. And uh, part, part of the, the, the tough thing that it comes down to in, in understanding a pandemic and, and how it affects everybody is you don't know how it affects everybody. I mean, I, I know one person that has COVID-19. I don't know if you know anybody. And there are p- friends of mine who don't know anybody, yet we know people are sick. We know that it is happening. And it just shows you how vulnerable we all are. You know, this is, you know, an equal opportunity offender it attacks everybody or it can attack everybody, right? It doesn't matter how big or strong you are, how wealthy you are there. That doesn't mean anything. You know, we are all exposed to this thing. And that's why you have to heed the advice of all the professionals out there who, you know, encourage the social distancing. And, you know, a lot of us have been home for the last few weeks doing our best to beat this thing, because as we come together, Greg, and we can all collectively chip in the sooner this thing will go away and we can get back to our normal lives. And I'm just curious, you know, what has your routine been like here over the last few weeks? As for most of us, we have been shut in. Well, for most of most part, I, I probably walk four to six miles a day. It all depends on whether I hit the ball left or right. <laughs> and uh, if I have a cart, but other than that, I, I it's, it's total, total boredom. You do a lot of things around the house and you're done. Uh, you, you, you can only sit around here and look at everybody uh, from my wife to my kids to my granddaughter for so long, you go stir crazy. So it's very difficult. Just, just thinking about how you, you, you run your life daily. Then you think back and go, what the hell do they do on that space station (laughs) with three people up there for a year? Well, I would think the people that would be trapped in the house with you, they are, they're, they're the real heroes here, the ones that have to actually Easy. put up with all of your Easy. stuff for these days, huh? I no? think you're getting out over those skis again, Danny. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, you know, again, some of the things we take for granted, you know, just being able to go out and have a normal routine. And, you know, I'm, I'm blessed to do a lot of great things in my life as far as work is concerned. But I can't do those things now because I'm shut down. So you're right. You spend time with the family, a lot of movies, a lot of TV. The Netflix has been given a good workout here over the last few weeks. But, you know, hopefully sooner rather than later, we can convene again and get back to doing what we're accustomed to doing. And that's getting ready for, you know, a football season. And one that for 2020, at least with the New York Jets, Greg, there's probably a lot of optimism, not just with the way that the Jets finished up 2019 by having such a strong second half year, but the moves that were made already in the offseason. Now the draft is just a few weeks away. Things are hopefully looking up for this franchise. And if you're a fan, that's a lot to be excited about. 
You're not, you know, you're not kidding. Uh, you, you know, the Kendalls were a country western singing group, father daughter, and they sang a song, "Thank God for the Radio." And I'm saying, thank God for the internet. If you don't have the internet, you are you are informationless. You've got to be able to find out what's going on out there, not just for the virus and people that, but your favorite sports teams. Yeah. They're not playing. The the Jets, I, I think they're all going to go to the draft and, and that stuff. However, they're going to do it. But think about it. What it's it's put such a crimp in the American way. And I think that that's a hard thing for people to get, get a handle to. Well, in a way too, you know, sports has always been kind of something that we look to as a diversion in the, in our lives when things get overly difficult. Football is really the only sport that's been in business right now, right? I mean, baseball shut down, hockey, basketball, at least the football is going about their off-season activity. As I said, you know, the draft is going to be here in a few weeks' time. So at least we've had that to keep us busy and at least gives us some sports information. And, you know, when you look at what the Jets have done here so far in the off-season, Greg, offensive line was certainly an area of priority that Joe Douglas and pretty much anybody affiliated with this team identified at the end of last season. If you think about the struggles they had on the O-line last year, just with all the moving parts, you know, nine different starting combinations, 11 different offensive linemen used entirely last year. They allowed 52 sacks. And so far, Joe Douglas has been active on that front here in free agency. They have brought in a handful of offensive linemen, you know, re-signing a guy like Alex Lewis, who was very instrumental for them last year, stepped in at that left guard position and did really, really solid job. But, you know, let's start with the guy here in George Fant, who was the first one to climb aboard, came from the Seattle Seahawks. He's got experience playing both tackle positions here. And the thing that you hear, that, that you hear people say about George Fant, he's extremely athletic, he's versatile. And in that conference call that Joe Douglas did with the media on Wednesday, Greg, all these offensive linemen that he talked about bringing aboard, versatility was the one thing he stressed, and George Fant certainly provides that. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. I mean, I, I think that, what is this his fifth year he's going into, and yeah. um, he's uh, he, he's he's played a lot of different positions. He wasn't drafted. He wasn't a football player. He was a basketball guy. Uh, but uh, I, I say, why not about the guy? The guy wants to play offensive tackle. He's got nothing but athletic ability, as you call balance, athletic ability. Uh, that's that's a lot better than what the Jets have had at that position for the last two years, I would say. Now you you hit on a on a on a hot button issue, which is injuries. The offensive line has been injured. They have you you've got guys playing out of position the whole time. Mm-hmm. What if, if the Jets can somehow manage to get five guys to stay on the field healthy and not have to do, trans form an offensive line into a makeshift um, offensive guard uh, carousel, well, then I, I think they have a pretty good shot. And right now, maybe the Jets are getting younger on the offensive line, and maybe that's going to be one of the big things to help them. They are getting younger. That's a very good point. But, you know, back to all the injuries that they suffered last year on that line. I mean, how many times did you and I get ready to go on the air on a Sunday morning or an afternoon or whatever to do the pregame show? And, you know, it was, well, who's on the offensive line today? Who's star? Who's the starting five on the offensive line? Because it was almost like, you know, a game of just, you know, throw the dart at the board and see whose name it was going to land on this week just because of all the different bodies that they were shuffling in and out of there. And, you know, George Fant's a guy who comes from a winning program with the Seattle 
Seattle Seahawks. You know, he's got experience playing in some of these bigger games. And the thing you like about him and a lot of these guys that they brought in on the offensive line, which we'll get to in a second, upside. You hear that word a lot as well, upside, that they haven't reached their ceiling, haven't reached their potential yet. And hopefully the Jets can bring that out of them and they're the ones that are going to benefit from it. Well, uh, with what's going on right now, they're going to have to do it quite quickly. I don't know how much playing time these guys are going to be able to get in preseason. If there is a preseason, because we all don't know, but this is going to be a work in progress. And again, uh, Jet fans have watched works in progress over the last 10, 20 years that it always has changed. What they're looking for is stability and hopefully – uh, with Joe Douglas uh, getting these guys in the free agent, you uh, free agents market, you will ha- start to get stability along the offensive line. And one of the things that Joe Douglas alluded to on that conference call with the media earlier in the week is that, you know, yeah, they're bringing in a lot of bodies and who knows if they're done yet. You know, the draft is still coming up and we'll hit on that in just a few moments here. But he said the best five guys are going to play. And really, that's what you want. You want a competition. You want to put your best guys out there. And I think that as an organization, they're confident that they are going to find those five guys. This is the official Jets podcast powered by AWS. Dan Grasso, Greg Buttle hanging out with you on this episode. Another guy that they brought aboard, Greg, here, Connor McGovern, comes from the Denver Broncos. And you said the word stability a few minutes ago. The Jets were blessed for a long time to have stability at that center position. Think about it. Between Kevin Mawai and Nick Mangold, you had two guys who held down that center position for almost 20 years. And the last few seasons, it's been a revolving door. You had Wesley Johnson, who opened the season in 2017, Spencer Long in 2018. Last year, it was Ryan Khalil. Now you have a guy in Connor McGovern who... You know, you think his best football is ahead of him. He's played a lot of snaps for the Denver Broncos the last couple of seasons. And the thing you like about it more than anything, Greg, you know how many times he was penalized last year? Zero. Because what are the things that can set you back any drive and what you hate to see on offense? It's when the laundry comes out in those penalties. Well, that's one of two things. Either he's very smart or be. Or B, he can cheat like the best of them. And and, <laughs> and and all I can tell you is I don't know an offensive lineman that doesn't hold, and that starts at center. That being said, you did touch on a couple things, and um, and that is is the that when when you think about offensive line, particularly at center for the Jets, all you thought about was consistency, competence, balance, and there they are again. Those funny little. Tough to understand athletic descriptors. I just described Mangled. You just were talking about the why. I mean, you're talking about guys. Uh, one's got a gold jacket. The other one, I'm sure, is going to get one of those. Uh, but if if the Jets get three quarters of that and, and 18 games out of McGovern at the center position, then that's a score for the Jets. I mean, Khalil was a last-ditch hope last year in a prayer. You know, uh, that that the Jets line was off injured. They need it. They were talent pressed uh, Mm -hmm. on the offensive line. But I like it. And there's still room for Jonathan Harrison to be important along the offensive line because he's able to play a lot of different positions. 
Jonathan Harrison, extremely dependable, solid veteran. Last couple of years, he'll be back as well here to provide some of that depth on that offensive line. And really one of the key cogs that you would hope to have from a successful unit, that center position, that anchor. So if it ends up being Connor McGovern also has experience playing guard, we'll see how that plays out here. A guard by trade that the Jets also brought in Greg, uh, Greg is Greg Van Roten, a local product from Long Island. He's well-traveled, uh, actually spent some time in the CFL before he settled in with the Carolina Panthers the last couple of seasons. You're talking about a guy who's undrafted, you know, so he has always had a little bit of a chip on his shoulder with something to prove, but another one of these guys that's versatile and can play multiple positions on that line. Yeah, it's his, I guess he's in his sixth year. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's a, He's a pretty good player. We're all going to find out what his ceiling is, obviously. But uh, I, I think they signed him at three years at, at three and a half million per. But since the NFL began weaponizing the forward pass, which and part of that was the quarterback, the NTZ, that's the no touch zone and mm-hmm. wide receivers without you can't touch a wide receiver. And the hold rules are, are incredible to me. And by calling quarterback roughings through fingerprint analysis nowadays, it's never been more important than to pass protect for just another half a second. Not for 42 seconds. Give me another half a second for the kid to look over here or look over there or sidestep something. Some people may diminish like a Van Roten's worth uh, by evaluating as you as you started off with as unable to be a difference maker, so to speak. but. I'll take confidence and balance at the offensive guard position in today's I don't have to run the ball to score NFL. Let me tell you something. I think it's overblown about that run stuff. Run run gets open when they start playing nickel. You get teams to play nickel, you're going to run the ball at it. Well, bottom line is I think we can all agree that probably the guy that the Jets need to put the most priority in is the quarterback, Sam Darnold, to protect that investment. Joe Douglas said on that conference call that, you know, before the first preseason game last year when the Jets played the Giants, that Joe Douglas went up, introduced himself to Sam Darnold's parents who were at the game, and he said, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that I give your son the best protection, the best opportunity to be successful. The guys that we just mentioned, Greg, Throw in again, Alex Lewis, who's re-signed, and he's going to be back next year, plus the Chuma Adogas, Jonathan Harrison's. Uh, Joe Douglas still spoke highly, of course, of Brian Winters, who's a holdover and has been here for several years. Plus, whoever they enter in the draft, there's going to be some guys that you think that offensive line, if they can stay healthy, they're going to be able to get the job done. Well, certainly just from the guys that we mentioned right now, the Jets have taken a, a nice step forward not backwards and not sideways to make th- their offensive line better than it was last year. Not every Jeff fan's got to love. Now you have an offensive line, but then what about surrounding the quarterback with weapons to be able to distribute the football to? Well, the Jets have done uh-huh. that in bringing in Brashad Perryman, who really had a standout close to the season last year as a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, this is a guy that Joe Douglas is familiar with because when Joe Douglas was winding uh, up his team or his time with the Baltimore Ravens, you know, Perryman was a first-round pick for them in 2015, so it's not too far removed from that time. He's got talent. I mentioned last year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, final five games of the season, Greg, he had 25 catches, 506 yards, and five touchdowns. That was just in the last five games of the season. His 506 yards was the third most in the NFL 
over those last five weeks. He's a burner. He can fly. This is something that you hope can stretch the defense or stretch the opposing defense, I should say, and give Sam Darnold another playmaker to be able to give the football to. Well, you know me. I don't disagree if 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 uh, the Jets load up on wide receivers. I mean, uh, Brashad Perriman is in his uh, fourth year, I think, and um, I, I guess they sign up for one year at six million, and and then they'll see how that works out. But the Jets need these guys especially the ones that can stay healthy. Some may say it's a downgrade from Anderson, not me. I I don't think so. I think he brings speed to keep the secondary honest. He may not have played up to his expectations for the first three and a half years, but you never know what's going on with other teams. But the NFL, which is, Dan, as you and I both know, it's the what have you done for me lately sport. Mm-hmm. That determines the value. And you mentioned what he did for them lately. He was very good at the, the last five or six games that he played in. Uh, I like the fact of, of, of two, two different things that, I, that I've, I've read about him and I, and I know he's capable of doing. And that is um, he, he's, he was at um, 18 yards per reception. Pretty I good. mean, over 50 catches. Yeah, that's pretty good. And the other one is one drop in his last 65 touches. That's impressive to me. I mean, you've got to be able to hold the ball. And you and I have sat up in the in the press box and just side-glanced each other when a wide receiver drops a ball that's right in our hands or a tight end that dropped it in their hands or the running back that drops it. Catch the ball. And so far, I think that this kid is going to be able to do it. You mentioned Robbie Anderson. He's moved on to the Carolina Panthers. You wish him well, of course. So Perryman hopefully will help make up for that loss of speed and that vertical threat that Robbie Anderson certainly provided. But Jamison Crowder had a very successful season last year for the Jets. He's going to be back in the mix along with, you know, the youngsters, Braxton Berrios, Vincent Smith, Josh Dotson, a number of, another former number one pick who hasn't really found that footing yet in the National Football League. Jets will see what they can get from him. And another thing to remember, Greg, don't forget Chris Herndon is going to be healthy again and be back. And after what was a promising rookie season last year was pretty much a wash form because of a multitude of injuries. Think about having a healthy Chris Herndon, what that can do for Sam Darnold in the offense. Now to go with Ryan Griffin, who stepped in and was very valuable at tight end last year, having all those pieces together, plus whatever maybe receiver or target you bring in with the draft, Sam Darnold's going to have his choices here to be able to make plays with. Well, you, you mentioned one guy that, I, I mean, I, I was tickled pink about. And, and most of the time, pink is not my favorite, cup, my, my favorite color. But when a tight end catches a ball, turns and goes upfield and scores and outruns safeties, uh, that's, that's, that to me is a real tight end. There's not a tight end in this league unless you can find one since uh, I don't know uh, who can block a defensive end. So you're talking about tight ends that are able to get in front of people, like just put a trash can in front of a a garbage truck. He'll swerve to get around the trash can. But you got to get in front of people, and that's what he does. And by the way, he catches the ball. We talked about it. With his hands, he makes moves, he gets first downs, and he can run after the catch. I think think he could be around here for a a few more years, if not more, the rest of his career. 
Dan Cross and Greg Buttle hanging out with you on the official Jets podcast powered by Amazon Web Services. Let's flip over to the defensive side of the ball. Pierre Desir climbing aboard, formerly of the Indianapolis Colts. He was cut in a cost-saving move by Indianapolis, and he said that it was just a half an hour later where his agent heard from the Jets, and it turned out to be a fit that worked. And this is a guy who was battled some injuries last year. Maybe that contributed to a little bit of a lapse in his performance. But a couple of seasons ago, Greg, in 2018, he really was outstanding for Indianapolis. You think about the battles he had with DeAndre Hopkins of the Houston Texans, that playoff game. Hopkins, one of the best wide receivers in the sport, and Desir pretty much shut him down. And for a cornerback position that's going to have a little bit of change from last season, Desir is a guy that you hope is going to come in here and make a nice impact. Well, I, I, I really think so. I mean, um, if, if you if you really take a look at it from all the guys that, that Douglas has brought in so far, he's he's one of those guys that he's he is he's starting caliber, uh, whether whether you can uh, switch him in and out if you want. I don't know about it. You, you know what happens when guys get injured? You know, it's uh, the more positions players can play, the better you are. Uh, but I will tell you one thing. You, you've got. A couple young guys on the Jets, uh, Mollett and uh, Brian Poole, who seemed to play pretty well last year, young, Mm -hmm. getting part of the system. So maybe things are looking up for the Jets secondary that you don't recognize just yet because some guys are coming into their own. You mentioned Brian Poole. He was re-signed. That's a big uh, guy to get back into the fold here. Does such a good job in that slot. And you mentioned, you know, all those different faces that the Jets had to play last year because of injuries and whatnot at the cornerback position. Greg Williams, give him credit with his scheme. He put those chess pieces on the board and he made it work. And, you know, you would expect the same thing again. Also, the linebacker position, Jordan Jenkins back in the fold. He re-signed Neville Hewitt, James Burgess, guys who were pressed into duty because of all those injuries, stepped up and really, really were solid contributors for that defense. And, you know, you talk about the overall depth, Greg. It's nice to just say, okay, these are our 11 starters and these are the same guys that are going to play each and every down for 16 games. That doesn't happen. You know that. I know that. Anybody who watches football knows that. So to have a bunch of players who have proven capable that they can get the job done, having an embarrassment of riches with depth, I think, is certainly everything that a football team wants. Yeah, you know what? I don't disagree with you, but the the, 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 the tough part about depth is depth always makes you go broke. And, and, and the problem with that is that everybody wants more money and everybody wants to get more money, and which I don't blame them, but that becomes the problem. So you really have to look at situation substitution, especially on defense, because that's all that is. Even, even your defensive line, these guys don't play every play in a row. They're in, they're out. He's got new guys coming in, new guys going out. So when you talk about a defensive player, and I would tell you, other than your, your four uh, secondary guys, the two corners and the uh, two safeties, everybody's not playing every single play. If you're playing every single play, that means as a linebacker, you're not only starting as a linebacker, but you're in the nickel packages and you're in the dime packages. Very rare do you see that. So what you need to make sure is no matter who you're getting, that you have the capability of switching guys in and out for their best ability at what they can do, whether it's covering a back out of the backfield, whether it's a guy that really can cover down the seam against a tight end that's running a seam route in a cover two, so that you have these linebackers that are first and foremost smart, second, 
well-balanced, and third, just hard-nosed. I think that these are some of the guys that you just mentioned. Mention the draft. Jets will pick 11th in the first round. They have eight picks total. Four of the top 80 selections in this draft because they have two third-round picks. So there's still a lot of talent that could be had, certainly, and brought into this organization. You expect Joe Douglas and his staff to do their due diligence as far as that's concerned. But stepping apart from just the Jets for a second here, Greg, when you look at the landscape of the AFC East, for the better part of two decades, it's been dominated by the New England Patriots. Tom Brady, they've won the division all but two years since 2001. Well, they don't have to worry about Tom Brady anymore, at least haunting them in the AFC East because he's taken his talents down to Tampa Bay to quarterback the Buccaneers. So all of a sudden, you're the Jets, you're the Dolphins, you're the Bills. Opportunity has certainly found you, has it not? Well, listen, you, you can't count the Patriots as dead yet until you go to their funeral. So maybe that's what is going to happen this year. They're going to find out how good they can be without Brady, or are you going to find out how bad they are without him? So that's a big, if you think everyone else in the AFC East is licking their chops, I can only imagine what's going up there in New England about who's going to be their quarterback, how's their offense going to be run, what changes are they making? And, and I don't think that there's, any coach better to do that right now right. in the league than Bill Belichick. So everybody's eyes will be on Bill Belichick. Absolutely. And I mean, certainly the Buffalo Bills, who had a successful season last year, made the playoffs and they brought in a couple of key additions so far this offseason. And Stefan Diggs, Mario Addison, you talk about the Dolphins, how their play improved down the stretch for them. And they went out and brought in some big ticket uh, free agents, Byron Jones, Kyle Van Noy, Shaq Lawson. And of course, we talked about the Jets here. So I think that everybody wants to improve and get to where the Patriots have been for the last two decades. And it's not going to be easy. And a lot of things are going to have to go your way. As we said, you know, you have to have good health and those type of things when you want to have a successful season. But uh, that one guy, at least number 12, uh, is not going to be someone that the Jets are going to have to face twice a season or anybody else in the AFC East. But there is a lot of optimism, I think, as we continue on in this offseason and begin to look ahead to what the team is going to look like in 2020, Greg. Well, no one no one ran an offense better uh, in the NFL outside of Peyton Manning than Tom Brady. So I don't think you're getting another Tom Brady back there tomorrow. Let's just be frank about it. Now, that someone may step in there and do that, but no. Now's the time. Now's the time to feast, and now's the time to be there. But like you said, there's other teams in the AFC East. Now, I'm not talking about Miami just yet. I mean, Fitzpatrick is an up-and-down quarterback. You never know what's going to happen with him. But as you can see, a lot of these teams are looking at special guys, wide receivers, tight ends, running, guys that can catch the ball. This is throw and catch, guys. This is not run the ball down someone's throat. And if you really wanted to, to make a microcosm out of the NFL, that last Super Bowl, which was spectacular in my, my estimation, had a team that liked to run it and pound it at you and another team that liked to throw it. Which team won? And it didn't take them long to win. Yeah. They took them two minutes. It happened to be the last two minutes. But they weren't running the ball to win. They were throwing the ball. And that, to me, is what is so specific about the NFL now. All of the, all of the people that are in uh, fantasy football that think they're general managers and all those type of things that look at it uh, are, are always about 
points for running backs and receivers and those things. But you mark my words, the way the rules are in the NFL, it's only getting better and easier to throw and catch a football. Greg Buttle, a staunch advocate of the forward pass. And don't forget, there's going to be one extra playoff team, too, in each conference next year. We can get into that next time. Greg, this was a thrill to do, my friend. Let's do it again soon. And once again, want to give a shout out to all the healthcare workers and everybody on the front line as we continue to battle the coronavirus pandemic out there. Everybody be safe. And we look forward to seeing you, hearing you, everything again once the season rolls around in a packed MetLife stadium. But Greg, this was a blast, my friend. You and your family be safe, and uh, we'll get to do this soon. That's I think that's great. Thank you very much. All the Jet fans, get ready. This is, this is really the beginning of what the Jets are going to be in the future. He's Greg Buttle. I'm Dan Grasso. This has been the official Jets podcast powered by Amazon Web Services. 